Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. This isn't first. This is the Pixelated Sausage Show. I am, of course, your host, Marcus Nez. I made for freaking sure that I was recording the audio in this here episode. Ah, I just got out of the toilet, everyone. Fun fact, uh, if you've been... At my streams or in the Discord, you know that I took a risk. I took a gamble. I was like, hey, I really like mushrooms. I recently gained a newfound intolerance for them. And they made me feel very, very sick. At least I thought that was the, the mushrooms. But you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm going to try, try some mushrooms again. And I, I did this before where I already had known about the new intolerance. And gambled with my life and more specifically my butthole and I came out on the bottom uh, and stuff came out of my bottom a lot of stuff all day long and you know what happened this time this is more more stuff coming out of the bottom that's for damn sure for damn sure I had oh so much so much poo poo yesterday and today still a little bit lingering left over a little bit left it's like uh what's that line where is that from still a little bit left eh, eh, eh. rush hour no huh? <laughs> what's that from uh yeah no it, it was uh the, the yeah rush hour because i was watching that <laughs> in the beginning where chris tucker fun, fun fact those movies are like super casually racist and misogynistic and they're they're not great not surprising and going back to them, you really realize just how little they took advantage of Jackie Chan and his his qualities. So I, I think the Shanghai movies are better American movies starring Jackie Chan. And those are actually movies that uh I can tolerate Owen Wilson in. I find him to be pretty annoying often, but uh, I think he works in the Shanghai movies. But, uh, yeah. It's like, you, you blew up half a city block. The one to one cop lost a pinky. You lost a lot of evidence. Still a little bit left. So that's what I was thinking of. You're welcome. I'm sure we are all happy I fucking got there. But, um, yeah, I just got out of the toilet. I'm recording this late because I've been iffy feeling wise and all that jazz. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling overall pretty good. Even though that poop I just had was a little not great. But, but, feeling all right right now. Uh, but, yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't be a, a crazy long episode in large part because like this is the part where i can talk a lot about this and that and whatever no patreon questions no patreon questions i did get one later i don't know if they thought it would be in time for this year episode but i have a strict guideline even if i had yet or i've yet to record the episode i want to keep the specific schedule for when questions can be asked for specific episodes the way it is i don't want to break that because I would like to get on a better scheduling stuff with these shows. But uh, in terms of what I've been watching, 
I have decided to commit to Star Trek The Next Generation, even though I still... Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be nice when that show gets good. That's all I can say. But after I continued watching Lost, watching up and through episode eight, I I turned on it so fast. I was really high on it last episode, and when I say last episode, I mean last podcast episode. And now today, I mean I haven't watched it in a few days. Uh, I decided to just drop it. I might watch an episode here and there, but. After watching eight episodes over the course of three days, roughly, I realized how bad Loss is for binging. People may disagree, of course, but I think Loss is a terrible show for binging because it lets all of its weak points really come to the forefront and you realize how bad the writing is and how ridiculous a lot of these things are. You get annoyed i got annoyed with the quality of certain elements of it for instance the flashbacks can be really bad the the quality is all over the place and in some cases they feel like really bad hallmark movies the sawyer backstory with him trying to cheat this woman and her husband out of some money doing a little fucking whatever you call it uh and seeing their kid and be like oh no i can't do this because it happened to him when he was a kid or whatever like that the way it was shot the acting in it it was really really bad and the thing is i could see even that and it's awfulness in terms of quality being fun when you're watching a week to week and having a group of friends co-workers etc to talk about and in some cases rib on aspects of the show joke about it that's what made terminator genesis for me so entertaining when i watched it in the theater i saw it with two friends who are no longer friends but when i saw it at the theater me and one of the friends we were just making fun of how stupid so much of the shit was in it. And then the other friend did not like that. They were not happy with us because they genuinely liked the movie. And when it was over, admitted that they thought it was a good movie. And let's let's be clear about one thing. Terminator Genesis is a bad movie. It is. It has to be the worst Terminator movie. I'm trying to think of what other options are there. Terminator 3 is solid. I think Dark Fate is the second best Terminator movie. And then Salvation. Haven't rewatched that. I have a I have a hard time believing there's any way in hell that could be worse than Genesis. I think it's probably just, you know, very, very different from the rest of the series. Uh given the story it's putting out there and everything. But Lost Lost Me with the binging nature I was consuming it at, uh, in how, whatever, it lost me by that. So I may, like, I may still watch episodes here and there. But even more than that, I fucking hate Kate. I don't know what the popular consensus is on her. I don't know what people think about her in general. But... 
She is a terrible character. She is horribly written. She is everything bad about Lost confided in one character. Like she's just she's a frustrating character. She's an annoying character. She's just ugh. like she could be a great character. She could be a great character. And I love Evangeline Lily. Is that her name? I'm not sure about the first name exactly in terms of pronunciation and exactly what it is. But I love her in the Ant-Man movies, which are great. Those are A-tier MCU movies. Super underrated. A-tier in terms of just overall, or in terms of the MCU, I guess. But I'd say S-tier in terms of MCU movies that stand on their own and can just be enjoyed without any context or previous experience with the series like the ant-man movies captain america first avenger and winter soldier as well iron man like there are a handful of movies in the mcu that are just good movies on their own and the ant-man movies are fun ass heist movies they've got heart to them her hair is so much better than the second one. That's that's the worst thing about the first Ant-Man. I hate that. It's just, I do not like that hairstyle. And I think that's a popular thing. A lot of people joke about her hair and everything. But it's it just, I, I don't like it. I, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad hairstyle or anything. You know, some people like it. I just, I don't like it. So I guess I do think it's a bad hairstyle. But I'm just saying, like, it's not inherently bad for everyone shut up but uh yeah her character on loss is horrible she's just maybe she gets better i don't know but as much as the brother and sister can be annoying they feel more like you know they, they, just, they feel real they feel like people i know she just feels like Come on, man. Come on. This is horrible. I hate you so much. But yeah, I mean, Lost is what I thought it was at this point. A show that is best when watched with other people so you can talk about it. It is very much so an event show, something that is... It transcends the 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 aspect of quality. Like, the 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 level of quality of the show doesn't matter as much as just the event nature of it. I don't fucking know. It's just watching it by myself ain't gonna work. I thought I could watch it with my dad, but then when I watched two episodes, I'm like I'm gonna watch probably like two episodes a day. Let's watch it together. He was like. I don't remember if I said this last episode, but he's like, you know, yeah, let's do that. And then he proceeded to watch seven episodes. And I don't know, he, he, he's probably already done with the first season at this point. And I'm like, I can't keep up with that pace. So here we are. Here we are. That's pretty much it in terms of what I've been watching. So let's uh, get on to what I've been playing. Starting with Kaiju, the Kaiju dating sim. And this is, of course, a Kaiju dating sim where you... Take on the role of a Godzilla-ish monster. You got a little heart on you, like your your chest is hearts, I think. 
And it's very cute. It's got a very pleasant, inviting aesthetic. Very pastel-y in terms of the color palette. Very colorful. And I was immediately drawn in by its structure and the way it handles everything because it's a lot more interactive than your typical dating sim. It's, it's way more of a interactive game than a visual, like I would not call it a visual novel. It's not a visual novel. It is in no way a visual novel. There's not a lot of writing or reading and you might expect that because these are, these are Kaiju. They are Kaiju. They interact with each other with or th they're not fighting each other okay they're just there's just just kaiju who aren't able to speak eloquently like humans they don't speak in english or any language for that matter the only bits of dialogue you get are between dates from these news anchors who are telling you about the previous date very succinctly and they don't go into great detail about it and then talk about what you might expect maybe a little bit help in terms of how the next date will play out like they'll like you you pick a new destination and then they'll they'll give you a little bit of dialogue and then you go about your date and the way the game works is that you are your kaiju and there are six potential suitors that are scattered around the world uh, around various landmarks and you can pick any one of them you know during a playthrough playthroughs last if you start skipping the dialogue, which I did because it's okay, but it wasn't great, you can get through the game in a half hour or probably less if you skip all the dialogue. But after you pick a potential mate, a potential partner, you go around the world to various landmarks and then you have the gameplay aspect. And you will be in the dark early on. You'll have to learn about each of these potential mates and who they are, what type of answers they'll gravitate towards more. And of course, with additional playthroughs, you'll be able to better do this and get perfect dates, etc. But it works off a type of rock, paper, scissor system. Not exactly, but you have three choices with each question that's thrown out during these dates. And the questions can be anything like, okay, do you like sports? Are you, are you an athletic person? Do you like sports? And then you'll have, yeah, I'm really into sports. Yeah, I'm kind of neutral or no. So it, it works on a thumbs up, thumb sideways, thumbs down answering system. And depending on how you answer and who you are dating, they will have a certain reaction. If they really, really like it. You'll see hearts and you'll really wreck some havoc on the landmark you're at. If they're also neutral or if they're in the neutral section, they'll be like, yeah, this is okay. And then you'll kind of just punch and slap the landmark around. If they don't like what you said, then you're not going to do anything. You ain't, that landmark's going to stay safe. And you just do this for six or so questions on a date with the last question being the deal breaker question and i think the questions prior 
affect the bar that fills up after each date towards whether they like you or not. But it is the deal breaker question that affects the little cutscene that follows. I don't even want to call it a cutscene, but whether or not you embrace each other, uh, shun each other, like walk away from each other, or give a little kissy kiss. It's all dependent on that. It doesn't matter how good the rest of the date went. That last question is what affects that final little cutscene thing. And as you are progressing through three acts, if a date goes well, it'll fill up your heart meter. And if it doesn't go well, it'll fill up the heartbroken meter. And you just go about these dates, you fill up the heart finger, the heart finger, the heart meter, you move on to act two, act two, the military starts to chime in with the, the news reports but they don't actually do anything. They say a lot. They they put out a lot there, but they don't they don't do anything until Act Three, where you know Act Two is just the same as Act One. And Act Three, eventually they'll bring in a mech, and during one of your dates at a landmark, the mech will show up instead, and you'll have to fight the mech. And that's basically the boss fight. You finish it, and it's just the problem with the game is that. After you've done one date, you've done every date. It's just the same shit. And a fair amount of it is just guesswork and, and trying to hope and pray that the answer you give will be good. But there are a lot of educated guesses as well. So you'll learn when... Like I, I dated the royalty, the, the Hydra or whatever she's of Royal Descent or whatever. And I, I quickly got an idea of her character and the kind of things she would like. But it, it didn't always work out. You know, In some cases, there were things that seemed like they would be the obvious right answer, and they weren't. But uh, overall, I was able to successfully woo her. We defeated the mech and all that, and I was done with it in a half hour or so. But like I said, it, it just... It's it's kind of um, an amusing distraction for five minutes, but because it doesn't have any depth, the interactions on the dates don't change in any way, even when the mecha, mecharoid, mecharoid, even when the, the mech dude shows up, you're just fighting a mech instead of a landmark, and he can fight back. But even then, like... It, it's more so in in that fight with the mech. It's it's not so much that you are fighting something different or that the combat feels different, but that they are asking you questions related to your previous dates. So they'll ask you, when did you first kiss? Where was it? What landmark was it at? What did you talk about at this date? And so it's testing your memory and how good of a partner you've been. And that, that's the only interesting aspect about it. The only challenging aspect about it. But outside of that, it's just more of the same. And it gets old really, really fast. And it gets old really, really fast because there is so little depth to the actual gameplay. So that while in, in some cases, some games will have repetitive gameplay, but it's super satisfying or there's a lot of depth to it. There's a lot to it so that even though you are doing the same thing over and over and over again, 
you at least have, you know, a lot to think about within that repetitive gameplay. And here is just, I, I, I can't imagine replaying this game. I, I, I was struggling to want to even finish the game because it was so boring almost immediately. And, and that's a shame because I really like the fact that it's not. And, and maybe it would have been better if there was space between the interactions, if there was more of a visual novel aspect to it and more reading and more story. But how they'd go about doing that, uh, if they don't want to have the, the actual monsters talking and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's something that I think is, I think it's not super expensive, so... It might be worth picking up if it sounds interesting to you, but just bear in mind it, it it's 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 gonna get old fast. And once you've done one date and one playthrough, it ain't gonna be any different with any of the other monsters. It's just gonna be meeting someone new and learning a new personality, but doing the same exact thing over and over and over and over again. So it's 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 okay. I, I I'd like to see more games like this, at least though. Games that are more interactive. But maybe you know. Try and add some more. You know. Don't oversimplify it. Then uh we have Rick Henderson, which uh when I when I was looking at my show notes and looking at the games I had to talk about, that's when I realized how horrible of a name. Who? When you think of games and game names and all that, how exciting does Rick Henderson sound as a game name? Do you do you see Rick Henderson when perusing Steam or the Xbox store or wherever I played on Xbox? But if you were looking at a store full of games and you saw Rick Henderson, would you stop and be like, man, now that sounds like I want to play that game. And you know, you, you don't really want to play it because it's a side-scrolling shmup. So that means horizontal scrolling, right? That's Is that right? I always hate I hate shmups and having to remember what is horizontal and what's vertical. I think horizontal, but I'm probably fucking wrong because I'm an idiot. But it's a side-scrolling shmup that has some interesting systems and mechanics in it that don't really seem to work or be effective or are just pointless. The way it works is that you have three different ships to pick from at the beginning. One is just like a standard all-around ship, and that is the Rick Henderson ship. Then you have like a bug creature who's fast and maneuverable, uh, but uh, is weak. And then a big old boar looking dude uh who's you know slower but just got the the shields you can take it can take a beating and the enemies that are coming at you will come in three different types small regular enemies any weapon can damage them then shielded enemies who will take more damage from your energy weapon and Ones with armor who will take damage, more damage from your, is it, because the one, Rick Anderson has a, like a rocket launcher. I forget what the uh, ammo type is called, 
But you have these three different guns at your disposal at all times that are mapped to the, the face buttons on Xbox. It's X, A, and B. And then Y is your special ability. Rick Henderson's special ability is being able to create a copy of himself so enemies will focus on that for a brief period of time. But the whole system of using specific weapons for specific enemies doesn't really work well. It's clear when an enemy has a shield, because they'll have a very visible shield on them, but the way the game words armored enemies is that armored enemies are usually bigger than your regular enemies, and they've got armor on. I, I couldn't tell outside of them being bigger, but sometimes they're not even that much bigger than your regular basic weak enemies. So it just seemed weird, and I would mostly just use the regular gun gun to damage them, because that was more consistent. Because with the, say, energy weapon, it'll do double damage to shielded enemies, but half damage to armored enemies, and vice versa for armored enemies with the like missile launcher and stuff. But the standard bullet type gun just does standard damage to everything. And, you know, they'll have various spreads. They'll have various areas of effect and everything. But that whole system is really good in concept and theory, but it just doesn't work. And there are visual cues to let you know if you are using the right weapon. Uh, an enemy will flash red if you're doing double damage and or purple. I don't remember the colors because whenever I was looking at them, either... I could not see the color that was flashing or all the fucking colors look the exact same. I couldn't tell any fucking thing. But uh, that was disappointing. The fact that the systems didn't really feel that thought out or didn't seem to work as well as they may be expected. Or they just didn't, they didn't feel like they were working in my time with the game. But then, also, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of visual stylings going on that I would recommend turning off if you if you do end up wanting to check out the game, uh, chromatic aberration or whatever it's called. Turn that off. Turn off like the bloom is default to off. Keep that at off. Turn off. Turn off every single visual setting in the game because if there's just screen shaking, you don't want that. There's flashing so that when you take damage. Holy shit, does the screen just become incomprehensible. And it's just, I don't know, it, it's really slow moving. I wish you moved faster when not firing your gun so that you could easily maneuver by um, enemies or whatever, or, and bullets. There is a, not parry system, but a near miss system. So if you have enough near misses with bullets, Without getting hit, it'll call in some allies who'll help you out, which is kind of nice. The special meter, like with Rick Henderson, where he can make a clone of himself, that fills on its own. You don't have to pick up any type of power points or anything. There are these medals you collect that improve your multiplier or something, but it just wasn't super fun to play. It was very slow-moving, and... 
boring. It's, just, it's a very dull shmup. And that's the last thing you want from a shmup. A shmup should be fun and overwhelming, usually. And this was just slow and boring. Very, very, very apt for a game that decided to call itself Rick Henderson and not fucking Alien Blaster 2000. But then we got Road Warden, which is a text-based adventure game. It's basically a twine game with a very, very nice UI and art on top of it. So you are doing a lot of, I mean, it is all reading with a lot of choices to be made by you. It's, it's what I want from visual novels. I have not beaten this game, but I have enjoyed my time with it a lot. You play as a road warden, as you might expect, with your trusty horse, and you are tasked with figuring out what has happened to the previous road warden and what, what's going on in this particular region. You start off by getting to this port and talking with the locals there who survived the few survivors. And then you can go about your adventuring, your mystery solving in your own way. And it's, it's very well written. It's from a Polish developer. So there are quite a few typos here and there and some translation issues, which can be distracting, but overall it's very well written. It's very thorough. It has three difficulties. I don't want to talk too much about the story because that's, that's all the game is. I don't want to spoil it, but there are three difficulties. One that is very casual friendly, no time limit. You can just be as thorough as you want. The challenge will be significantly lessened and you can just explore the world and be in it. Then the standard, you have 40 days to figure out what's going on and the difficulty will be standard. And then the hard, more challenging one will limit you to 30 days and increase the challenge. But you're basically just, you know, like a twine game, a twine experience. You're doing a lot of reading and then occasionally have choices. You'll have various dialogue options that you can exhaust by talking to people and whatnot. But then you'll have all these choices that are usually, you know, in, in some cases, depending on the class you pick, you can be a mage, a scholar, or a warrior. You may be able to get past something without dealing with RNG. The RNG is not visible. I don't I don't think they showed ever like the the actual outcome like if it's a dice roll and you need to get a, a three or higher to succeed. They don't show you any of that. There's no uh transparency there. You just you just have to you just it's just random. But uh, you'll have you know situations where like you'll come across a an, an abandoned village, and you can choose to explore. You can choose not to. When you choose to, it'll give you options. Do you want to check this area first? This area first. You run across something. Okay. How do you want to engage this situation? Slow and steady. Blah blah blah. And the choices you make 
will have if there is RNG tied to them, a little dice next to them, and you, you'll see how things play out. You have to worry about your hunger, sleep, not, not sleep, but health. If you are the mage, your mana, and managing that to make sure that you have enough in case of emergency, and you can only regain that through sleeping and, and whatnot. And it's, it's just, it's very well done. I really like the art and I'm excited to play more. I have no idea how long it is. And that's going to vary depending on how thorough you are, how much you engage with the characters and the conversations you, you have in front of you, how fast of a reader you are. The weird thing about it is that it's coming out on the 12th on Steam and you can wishlist it. But there's no price. I, I don't know how much this game costs. And that's weird. Seems weird to me. But uh, yeah, I've I've enjoyed my time with it so far. But uh, you know, it's 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 solely reading. That's all there is. Reading. I, I mean, you have choices that you will be making, but you don't have any like. There's no gameplay that's going to require you to be fast like you, anyone can play this game if, if you're a fan of fantasy and you like reading you like a good yarn being thrown at you whatever the hell that saying is it it yarns a good yarn it sells a good yarn whatever the fuck that stupid ass say it is uh my first impression with Road Warden having played it for about three hours or so. I'm 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 enjoying it quite a bit. I I, I don't know how things are gonna wrap up, but it's well written. If you can, I mean I'm a stickler for this stuff, and I I could get past it. You know, there are typos, there are some translation hiccups, but overall the writing is very very good, and I, I like the art. And uh, the thing about it for me, too, is I look at this game and this is 100%. I have written Twine games that I've just never put out. And or I've, I've written games for Twine that I've never then structured within Twine and put in there to create an actual game of them. But if I were to ever create a game myself, it would 100% be like this. It would be something of this ilk. And I wish we got more games like this. I, I do. The setting for me is a bit. It's it's very that's probably the, 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 the weakest part of the game is just the fact that it's a typical fantasy. It's typical fantasy fair. It's not doing anything, at least so far, super exciting or unique. It doesn't feel that special in terms of its setting or its characters or anything of that nature. It's just very well written and very well done. So it's a good fantasy game, good fantasy story, but it's just that. So that, that would be the one. Night. Like if you're not into fantasy, of course, don't fucking bother with this game. It's not, it's not going to win you over. It's not going to be the fantasy game, the fantasy story that turns you into a fantasy fan. It's not. But if you're someone who just eats up fantasy, you love Dungeons and Dragons, you love 
all that stuff, then I think you'll really enjoy this. But that that would be the one not thinking about it right now. Yeah, it, it could be a bit more unique. And in that sense, I, I'm thinking about it now. I'm enjoying it now in the moment. But will I remember it in a few months? Is it something I'll think back of fondly when I'm thinking about games of the year? Maybe. Because I haven't played much. But it's not unique in terms of its setting or its characters or anything like that. So it's not going to make a lasting impression. It's definitely not going to be in my top 100 games of all time or anything of that ilk at all. Because it's going to be something I forget soon enough. Which isn't bad. It just means it's not it's not hitting that special level. But uh yeah, that's it. that's it in terms of what I've been playing and all that jazz. So uh yeah, with uh, no Patreon questions for this year episode. Already got one for the next. But nothing this this episode. So I mean that that's it. That's it, baby. So uh, that will do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you'd like to see me streaming games, like games, I didn't I didn't stream Road Warden or Rick Henderson, so you can't. Too bad. But if you'd like to see me streaming games here and there, you can do that here on the Twitches. Nope. What am I on about? Uh, see, I'm still, I'm still not like settled on how I do this outro. But uh, if you are watching and not just listening to this here video on the YouTubes, of course, then you can see me streaming games here as well. And if you miss them, you can check out the archive. But of course, if you haven't already, do like, subscribe, hit the bell, and all that jazz. If you are an audio listener, please do go over to YouTube, and that is youtube.com slash sausage to like, subscribe, and hit the bell, and all that jazz, even if you never engage with YouTube. It, it may seem meaningless, but it does help, and it would be greatly appreciated. And if you'd like to find all my other links of import, you can go over to pixelatedsausage.com slash PXS, and you'll get them there. And uh, last but not least, if you enjoy this show and any of my other shows, any other poop I do, and what have you, you can go over to patreon.com slash PXS to support me and my nonsense that away. That is, again patreon.com slash pxs that'll get you access to a few fancy schmancy private discord channels it'll give you the ability if you support at the three dollar higher level to ask me questions for this here show as well as approved status on the youtube so you can post whatever the hell you want without worry so Monster, you don't want to get timed out ever again? You got to pay. got to pay to play, baby. And I, I don't know if moderators can still time out approved users or not, so don't actually quote me on that. <laughs> Though I, I will say this. If you're an approved user and you get timed out by anyone other than me, I will, I will unmod that person. They will immediately lose their powers, and it might, it might be a forever, a forever 
ban of, of powerdom. But um, yeah, that, that is it for this here episode. So until next time, as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoy this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye. Go time, go daddy.